This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. P.O. Grey Hot. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earl Grey. I'm your host, Richard Marquez, and here with me, as always, is Amy Nelson. Hey, Amy. How you doing? Hey, Richard. It's so good to be back. I'm very excited for today's episode. Man, it just seems like it, this always happens. Like we we have uh, leased off uh, running marathons, running around the world. I don't know, you know, being healthy and everything. And you and I are doing podcasting. Yeah, sitting here <laughs> at our computer, not being healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I did my hike, so we're good. Oh, <laughs> all right. So I you, guess need to, you, need, you need to hit the gym. There I you will. So, I'll have so to. We- I'll have to hit the gym. <laughs> So we can all be healthy. Yes. And funny enough, we have a special guest. Today we have Patrick Devlin. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. There is no risk of me running marathons. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you mean you don't want to do the New York marathon? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I hear it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Easiest in the world. Yeah, I'm sure. I just yeah, ride the bus. subway. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. there you go. Meet you at the end line. Yeah, it'd be the fastest marathon ever. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, so you know, talking about our health is not what we're what we're trying to talk about here. Uh, today we're going to be doing an episode review, and today is going to be about the drumhead. So. Uh, Patrick, do you want to give us an out, uh, a, a quick outline of the uh, episode? So today we're talking about Drumhead, which is uh, where they, they are ex- questioning um, a Klingon exchange uh, a crew member who was a lieutenant. And they, because he stole information, they're not really sure how at first, um, and to give to the Romulans, which then snowballs into accusations on other crewmen. And then off starts the witch hunt and everyone basically gets questioned. It's like so everyone did something wrong. So yeah, crazy, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> so what was your initial thoughts on this episode? Let's start with Amy. Well, I definitely remember this episode and so in my rewatch I was like oh yay we get to see some really good episode and what I love about this is of course Captain Picard just being so uh, number one just he he knows the rules and regulations and he can throw them at Admiral Satie just like that and he has obviously a very good moral compass and his thoughts on how Starfleet and what Um, that stands for. And so we get to see him, his diplomacy as usual, just come out and shine through this episode. And I also like Worf's involvement in this episode as well. I think he um, shows us sort of the opposite side because he's so enthusiastic, but, you know, paired with Picard's restraint just makes for a really good episode. So I really like this episode. What about you, Patrick? Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, I like the trial episodes in general um, in Star Trek, but I like this one especially because of the uh, the juxtaposition from Picard and Worf. How Worf is like gung ho to find somebody, and uh, I think it, it, it really kicks off when when uh, Jadar first offers him. Um, to get his name back on the Klingon homeworld, and he, he throws him up against a wall. Um, 
I think that's where he really starts to to decide he's going to find somebody to put blame on. And that's really what's going on here is they're just looking for someone to blame. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, when I when I, I actually forgot about this episode, uh we discussed uh uh Admiral Sotin as a um as a as a, one of the favorites uh female guests on TNG. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold. <laughs> um, but like, uh, definitely, uh, it was one of those episodes that I completely forgot about uh, up until and and then uh, when I when I was watching it again, I'm like, I don't remember it in that order. I thought, I for some reason, I thought the uh, the explosion happened. Or it was because of, it was because of the uh, the Cleon spy, but I it just for whatever reason I for, I completely forgot. But I mean, it wasn't in the order that I, uh, that I thought was in my head. So yeah, it just it, it got very confusing when I did this rewatch. <laughs> so, but you know, overall, it was it, I mean, I think it was a great it was a good episode, or at least that's what I remember uh, for the episode. I you know, looking back at it with different eyes, I guess um, later on down the road, I. I, I had a problem with the fact that I don't know. I, I mean, she took it when when she when she went through her outrage and everything, and I'm like, why why show something like that, or why show why show something like that that um it just it's like it's like oh it's not a subject I really want to go into, but I'll just say it. <laughs> um, it's like a female admiral can't handle it is is how i took it is that you know i mean i guess i, I get it the whole uh, create the drama and, and whatnot but it just felt like that it sent a wrong message for the wrong person to uh to i guess lash out on this I'm like what so you think a female admiral can't can't take the fact that you know her father was a was an admiral as well and you know, it was as soon as you press her personal buttons or pull her um, pull her buttons on that, that uh, she's gonna, you know, flip out <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I I don't know. Did you guys see yeah, that? Yeah, I completely agree because through the whole episode, like you know, especially when you are you know trying to uncover uh, a plot or you know something like that, and she plays it so perfectly. Like she is strategic and she knows these rules and I keep going back to game theory like and power plays and she's completely on that like especially when Picard's like well I'm gonna call in Admiral oh shoot I forgot his name and she's like um I've already been in contact with him you know just sort of shuts him down and so every step of the way she is in control and so it just seemed really out of place that she would allow, I guess, this father issue of hers to all of a sudden rear its ugly head at that moment. And I'm like, no, she has been strategic and well thought out the entire time. And so why would all of a, all of a sudden this just happen? Yeah, just pushing the buttons. So I, I was a little out of character from what she'd shown through the episode. Yeah, rather than f- actually finding out who's the actual culprit or... or- you know that the, it actually was an accident. You know so why, why not? Why not just end it with that? But I mean, I guess I mean it makes good TV. I guess um, I, I I bought it. So yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Patrick? Um, I actually didn't think that at all when I watched the episode. I thought that she snapped um, basically because he was using her rules against her and using her father who wrote those, a lot of those rules or speeches. That that was her breaking point. Her break, she, was, she was so twisted up trying to b- blame somebody that she started blaming Picard and for things. And now it was backfiring on her. Pulling him up there was, was the worst thing she could have done because he's probably the only person who could cite the rules and regulations well enough to defeat her. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, like I said, you know, it, I, I like the episode overall. It's just, it, it's when I really thought about that uh, that part of it, it's just, I could see so many other people taking it ro- the wrong way and tearing that p- episode apart rather than, you know, taking it for what it is, what it is. you know. It's basically, yeah, like you were saying, like uh, Picard basically outwitted her with her own father's, uh, quotes. I mean, basically. So, and you know, it just—it's—it's it's funny that you know, Worf is. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's all all into this uh, this witch hunt, and you know, it's it, it's. 
I don't know. It, it, there, apparently, there's two types of uh, two types of witch hunts. I mean, one for uh, what one basically uh, Admiral Satine doesn't believe what Picard is, and apparently, it, it looks like it looks like she was uh, out to get him anyway, trying to outbest him. I mean, based on what her father says, you know, you can't you have to go when they're alone. But Worf is also trying to prove himself, like he does, like he like he needs to uh, validation because he does his job well. I mean, or at least I think so. What do you guys think? I agree, um, because they even made comment of it being a bad idea to have a, uh, a son of a Romulan collaborator as the head of security. Um, then the other guy offers to get him his name back, and all these things kind of happen that I guess could make him question whether he's doing the right thing or if people see him as doing the right thing. Um, so now he's going to try and prove that point. Also, people just get caught up in, in wish hunts in general. Um, you know, this this episode took place right at the end of the Cold War era, where you know politicians of of um, in communist countries were doing this to their their rivals their political rivals um, which she makes a comment of at one point where she says um you know men have tried it. they've all learned to reg- they've all come to regret it she was basically threatening Picard right there that she was going to pull him up and, and blame him for the whole thing which then leads you to believe that she's made up a lot of these investigations to pin it on people who may not have been actually guilty of what they were in trouble for yeah and she perfectly plays Worf and his wanting to be loyal and you know weed out any type of traitorous acts you know because she just right from the beginning you know, oh, Worf is going to be a great asset, you know, and she just plays him and Worf, I need you to, you know, continue your investigations and you compliments him. You're doing such a good job. And so it sort of feeds, you know, Worf's ego a little bit like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Here is this admiral, you know, someone who is in, you know, command. And so he's just goes right along with it. Um, I think without thinking through everything that's happening. Right. Yeah. It, it kind of makes war seem a little gullible, I guess. I mean, well, I, I mean, they, they know, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's 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 all going into my nose right now, and it's really bothering me. <laughs> uh, so it just seems like that, or at least to me, it does. That you know, Worf is a little gullible. Uh, I mean, obviously they play they play him uh, really well because they know that. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if they know about his decom- uh, accommodation or not. Uh, I would assume not because that was well. No, it's mentioned. No, no. No, right, right. His decombination was was, but not the actual truth behind the uh, decombination, uh, and and whatnot. I wonder if they knew that. Do you do you think? No, because I think when Jadar, the uh, Klingon exchange officer, was like, "Your father, you know, is a Romulan traitor, not me," and you know, so I think they know the political answer, but they don't know obviously the truth that it wasn't. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Right, right. because they even say, you know, your father was a a collaborator. So they they obviously still think that that story to be true. Yeah. And when Worf... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. So I was just saying, you know, it's like Worf gets in and, and believes this thought that, yeah, the Federation does have enemies. We must seek them out, he says to, you know, Picard and... And then you see Picard's like, oh, yes, that's how it starts. But the road from legitimate suspicion to rampart, rampant paranoia is very much shorter than we think. And so that fine line of, yeah, there's definitely enemies and we do need to find them. But when does it go too far? You know. Right. Especially when you're accusing and um, trying basically an innocent man who, well, he did lie on his application, but I don't think that's treason. Yeah, so we start out with Jadar, the Klingon exchange. And so he did take information into that hypo spray, which I thought was way crazy technology. We can put that. You're going to steal information. I, would, I, know how that works. I know. You're going to steal information, <laughs> put it in a DNA sequence, and then give someone a hypo spray. How in the heck do people come up with this stuff? Really? <laughs> and amino I wouldn't doubt that stuff like that does exist. <laughs> it's, it's amino acids. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy stuff. But um, yeah, so he, he definitely, he was found guilty of that, right? Right. 
So. Well, not not really guilty. I, wasn't he extradited or something like that? Well, because Picard kept saying, okay, we found this and he will be, you know, tried for his crime. So his crime was that he took it, but still nothing. Oh, the explosion is what they were getting at. So, but he had nothing right. to do with the explosion. And so once that was found out, then really the trial should have stopped, but it didn't because they weren't yeah. believing that they're, that those two things were independent of each other. And you know, that's this, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, uh, <laughs> not to split hairs, Patrick. <laughs> no, I'm just messing, I'm just messing with you. Uh, but like, uh, didn't they do this for Enterprise as well? Yeah, they did this for Enterprise. Like uh, getting a message across to the Klingons. If you watch Enterprise, yeah. I've seen yeah. every episode, no, and I'm trying to remember. I remember in the beginning because they were trying to get, um, uh, uh, is it Craig? No, it's not Craig. Um, Clank. Is it Clank? No, it's not Clank. Oh, dang. Well, anyway, so I'm, I'm we'll sure. Go with I'm, yes. Yeah, let's go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah, because I remember, yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, it was like a DNA sample that, um, uh, the Suliban uh, uh, female that gave him that gave him the injection to get, basically yeah it was like information. Oh yes, I remember this episode. Now. I, I, I don't go. remember details. I do one. remember that happening. <laughs> yes. Oh okay. yes. No, I just I just love no. I, it, the reason why I'm I'm bringing it up is because I love the tie-in that Enterprise did that. Yes, <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to get to. And this is why we will never be on warp five. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sadly, well, I have me. been <laughs> quite often. I, I was just on Warp Five, <laughs> so I'm yeah, not going back. That's for we, sure. We actually went back to back. Yeah, you went and then I went. <laughs> oh. And now they regret. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Like, yep. Take them off the A list. <laughs> I just got canceled for next month. Um. <laughs> but I just love. I I love that callback. Oh, well. I guess call forward. Well, yeah, yeah call back for uh, for Enterprise. But like, it's, it, I mean, it's so cool. I mean, I, I guess it's a little bit more in detail. Like, I, I guess it must be a Klingon thing. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, maybe they perfected it uh, into the future. But yeah, yeah, I love that callback. <laughs> <laughs> As we were trying to figure that out, but you know, we did get a couple of people. Do you guys recognize the Betazoid? Do you recognize who he is? Um, from another series? Oh no! Yeah, he's he's one of the doctors that was um, at the Alcampa um, in Voyager. He was uh, one of the doctors that was uh, treating Kim oh. and Bellana. I don't know. I don't know if you guys uh, watch uh, uh, Voyager. I, I, obviously, Amy realizes it. <laughs> but yeah, he's one of the doctors that actually, uh, yeah, he that was uh, nursing uh, Bellana and um, and Kim in Caretaker. So huh. he did look familiar when I saw it again. I was like, yeah. gosh, he's well, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, he has an age. <laughs> <laughs> he looked the same like he did in TNG. Now, granted, I think this was season five. Yeah. Is that season right? Five. Yeah. So it was before Voyager even started. Right. So, yeah, I mean, well, I, I guess it could have been the same time frame. So I guess he wouldn't have aged <laughs> as much. <laughs> But yeah, but it's a great, uh, great character. Um, what did you guys think about him? I guess uh, being a Betazoid. I mean, uh, clearly he's an empath. He must be an empath because he's not a full Betazoid. Otherwise, he would have been able to, uh, you know, gone into his mind and pulled out whatever he needed to pull out. But like, you know, a Betazoid as an investigator, pretty scary stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, but we we saw that right in the beginning of the episode where Deanna Troy does it. She's sitting in on the on the questioning, and then um, although I, I find it interesting that um, Star Trek never uses a full Betazoid um, to actually do any of the investigating, it's always an empath. But yeah, but it's we like saw they're it in the too beginning. dangerous or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and then you don't use a, you don't use someone who can actually get the the actual information out of someone's mind, but you want to um, what. Uh, 
Oh man, what's her name? The the investigator, Admiral Sati. Sati. She ends up using his word as bond and wanting to convict on that alone. Right. Which is kind of weird. If you if you could pull memories out of someone's head, I guess I could I could see that. Although that should be like a, a breach of like privacy for rights or something along those lines. But um, but just to go, you know, oh well, uh, he's hiding something, so let's hold him in his quarters. Yeah, with no evidence. Yeah, that's that tricky line that they're trying to avoid. Um, and we see that Admiral Satie, like, because Picard's like, well, we can't do that. There's no evidence. Well, my uh, assistant, my advisor, Sabin Genestra, has said that, you know, isn't that proof evidence enough that we need to investigate further? And he's like, no, that doesn't do anything. And she just calls him right out on his crap and says, uh, you use Troy when your dealings with, you know, alien species and with the Romulans and Cardassians. And she gives you advice and she tells you when they're telling the truth and when they're not, which she does. And so how is that any different, Sir Patrick? So, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, OK, what what do you think about that is is it the same thing or is it different? It's definitely a very thin line between. I mean, me personally thinking uh, thinking about it. Okay, so criminal justice is my, is my major. So uh, if I if I had someone that could detect someone's feelings and actually know when someone's lying, which actually would would be a very useful tool, um, especially when it comes to interrogation. Um, Versus like someone uh, who can you know pull memories out. I mean, I guess I could. I guess I could see an empath being very useful, but like it's. But I mean, at the same time, you know, it's. It goes against every foundation of criminal uh, criminal law. You know, it's it's like you can't. You have to have evidence just because it's go, goes off a of feeling. Now I get it. You know, you it's your ability, and yeah, you can. I guess you could use it as evidence, but like as we found out that it was a lie on the application. That he thought, and that very well could have, you know, been a worry that was plaguing him throughout his entire career, and yet it was nothing to do with what they were looking for, which, in a sense, is, you know, it incriminates him. Unfortunately, you know, it just it sucks. <laughs> it really does suck that it that it uh, that it incriminates him for something that had nothing to do with the investigation. Right. And I think I, I mean, and I get it. I mean. I, I just I see that I see that line and I I you know maybe they got rid of lawyers I don't know in the future like they did back in Back to the Future I don't know <laughs> but I mean you got to have at least evidence or you know otherwise you know there's got to be some kind of due process that 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 exists I mean well they do because yeah because uh, Picard was was basically. Um, protecting um his his crew member who very well could not have been well wasn't involved in the in the first place so yeah Yeah. well a couple thoughts um but going off that like we recently did with the standard orbit the spock's brain and we've got dr mccoy and he's just regular old human not betazoid or empath or anything and he's recognizing oh well these women, as Lee pointed out, that, um, that, well, they can't do that. Or those cavemen on the surface, they, they're not smart enough and they don't know, you know, so you've got McCoy already giving, uh, Captain Kirk the same things that like Troy would say, oh, they're telling the truth. Oh, they're lying, you know? And so we see that is a common thing of how to advise the captain. And, and a lot of people are advising the captain with their thoughts, um, and so we see that all through Star Trek. And so now here's this thing and just one step further. Yeah. Well, there, he's lying. Well, then is that a direct correlation to what we're searching for, you know, and just sort of goes along with this witch hunt that it's like, well, I have these assets. I'm going to use my crew members in in their specialties, you know, and is that justified because they're obviously has to be a crime somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference between the two, what, what Picard does and what Admiral Satie does is Picard takes the information and then adds it to the rest of what he has. He doesn't just act on it alone, where, she, where she's more than willing to lock a guy up in his room or have him surveilled um, 
around the ship or whatnot, simply off of the uh, advisement that he's lying. But also, isn't this really... Um more of a commentary against the American due process versus communist due process or democracy versus of, uh, versus communism um, where they would just lock you up and worry about finding out if you did something or not later um, they, you know that, that parallels even today there's a lot of that going on around the world or whatever but um, which is interesting that the, the show still holds true and meaningful today but uh you know he he's fighting for the crewman's freedoms while she believes that the that it's more important um to get justice than it is for everyone else to have freedom um when our country was founded on the idea that a hundred people would go guilty people would go free before one innocent person would be convicted that doesn't always work but that's the idea yeah definitely you're innocent until proven guilty and then that level of proof is what's coming into question here correct yeah um interestingly enough you know they never say you're innocent in the courtroom though <laughs> you're either guilty or not guilty they never say the word no. innocent interesting oh that yeah I'm, I'm, yeah anyway <laughs> no that's a no and i'm glad you bring that up because uh that's a, that was actually a uh an ongoing uh argument and uh thought uh that a lot of people in my criminal justice classes and everything um were uh yeah talking about that it that yeah you i mean they say yeah exactly like like you said guilty until pre- or oh, oh dear <laughs> slip and we're in russia yes. uh, <laughs> sometimes it does look like that <laughs> guilty until proven innocent yeah yes, but yes sometimes it does i mean especially with some of the news yeah yeah unfortunately on uh definitely uh or the news reels that we see i or at least i see around the uh, that happens around the country just the country alone that's what it looks like you're guilty until proven innocent, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> even though it's supposed to be you're innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm glad you say that because they don't, you're right. They don't, uh, a lot of courtrooms don't do that, uh, say innocent. Um, and they really should because it's, it's a really big, there's a big difference right. between the two. Yeah. So, so uh, Jerry so. Taylor is the one who uh, wrote the script on this and uh, based off of Ronald D. Moore's uh, story idea of quote, it can happen here. And so I guess what she was trying to make the correlation of, you know, even in the 24th century, you know, uh, things can happen like they did in our past, like the McCarthy communist hearings or the Salem witch trials and the it, we have to be vigilant, which, you know, Picard says at the end, we just have to be vigilant that we don't assume people are guilty without the proper proof. So do you think that, you know, these witch hunts are actually a good thing? I mean, we look at uh, Simon Tarsus, who he gets caught up because he is feeling guilty about his, you know, he lied on his application into Starfleet and we would have never known if we hadn't had continued. So does that justify the search, the witch hunt? Me personally, I think that, uh, that him incriminating himself or at least someone trying to find out that is, is moot. Cause I mean, it, it, I think he should continue on with his career. No big deal. No problems after that. We now know the problem. We now know the issue. Yeah. 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 We'll just look, he, he may not, may, he may not become an admiral, <laughs> but like, you know, I just really think that, uh, something like that should be like stricken off his record and, and to, and move along because it had nothing to do with it. I mean, it wasn't a criminal charges that again, it was a hearing also. And he probably, and they admitted it in open, testimony so i guess it could open up to one but anyway but no um but you know bad thing i mean i i hate to say it like this but bad things need to happen in order for good things to have um uh to to be created you know like due process of laws and something like this so um i don't want bad things to happen but i mean it seems that out of the ashes of those bad things like the salem with trials and uh you know communism and everything you get it, it uh, what comes out of the ashes is something good i at least i hope so <laughs> 
What do you think about that, Patrick? Um, yeah, I, I think it should basically be ignored um, that his he lied about who his grandfather was, especially since Romulans and Vulcans are so close to each other anyway um, in genes. But uh, on top of that, I find it interesting that in the 24th century, if you had a Romulan grandfather, you wouldn't get into Starfleet. Yeah, it seems a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, literally. You know, it's, 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 literally yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally backwards of what we're led to believe Starfleet is. Right. Yeah, because judge him on his character and his actions, not his genealogy. Right. And I mean, it's, not like, it's not like if I had a Russian friggin' uh, cousin or something like that, that I'd be knocked out of the damn, or I'm sorry, I'd be knocked out of the army or something like that. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't even have to give who your grandparents are, right, to join the military. So I don't understand the whole thing with Starfleet, other than it's a a mechanism to get the the whole uh, witch hunt underway. But um, yeah, I just I don't see it as a as a as a factor. They're they're not supposed to look that far back. Um, not to mention that their whole belief is that they're trying to push on the idea that not every one of our. I mean, they do this in. Um, Enterprise a lot, but even back then, uh, that not everyone of a race agrees that thinks the same way. Right. So, so just because his grandfather was Romulan, does that mean he was he was trying to take out the Federation? Not necessarily. Right. Not as a crew in third class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a little low on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a slow play. Yeah. It's a slow play. <laughs> but not even him only was his. How do we know that his grandfather? hated the Federation. You know, not That's every true. Romulan would feel the same way, right? That's what we're supposed to believe. Right. And they kind of pigeonholed the idea that all of the Federation believes that all Romulans want them dead. Well, Star or Trek does that all the time. I mean, oh, you are Klingon? Well, then you must have honor and glory. Well, no, not everyone's a warrior and, you know, or, oh, yeah, you're Romulan. You must hate the Federation, you know? And so they pigeonhole just to get... I guess these stereotypes so that there's, you know, the conflict there for the storyline. But that's something that I sort of keep having issues with Star Trek and just trying to remember, okay, this is just a show and they're just, you know, using these stereotypes to, you know, bring up a point. But yeah, the point is like, oh, you're Romulan? Well, all Romulans hate Starfleet, you know, type of thing. And it's very frustrating frustrating when you get down to the the details of it no that's not really true Amy's, right, well, uh star trek is life just wanted to know that. Okay. Well, <laughs> but it is the way our history books are written oh, i mean yeah. if you if you read about um world war ii then every german felt the same way that germany you know they were all nazis every one of them even the ones that ran away um all communists they're all communists you know it's just it's just the way we write our history books and i don't necessarily mind it when they throw a character a new character in and he's the quintessential klingon romulan whatever because i want to see the stories about the extremist i don't want to see like the the middle road he's boring that guy's boring he's not going to be doing anything he'll be like hanging out at a bar with friends you know he sucks but but to then pitch whole a character's family member to be the extremist is a little out there for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> oh man, uh, I can only imagine that guy's self esteem now. He just told me sucks. <laughs> I didn't name him, <laughs> but I don't want to watch a TV show about him either. I mean, oh, you don't want to see a TV show about uh, Ted Ford? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, Cheers was like okay, but. <laughs> We can only have one show like that ever. Well, they'll have to definitely expand the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does definitely bring in the drama and the conflict by doing that. So I, there's, yeah. you can see why they do it. So did you guys, when watching this, did you, like, I always have wondered, like, the drumhead. What in the heck is the drumhead? Did you guys know what the drumhead was? I actually did. Um, although it well, originally it wasn't even called the drumhead. It was um, it's called a kangaroo court, but the, they used to sit around a drumhead and just dole out punishments. You know, it was just all right. You, huh. you come to court. All right, uh, you're found guilty. It was an army thing too, actually. But uh, you come to court. You're you're accused of this. How, did you do it? No. Yes, you did. You take this punishment. You know, you lose your sea rations for tomorrow night or something along those lines. Um, 
oddly, I only I know that because of sports. Um, the the New York Yankees have um, kangaroo courts, or they call them drumhead trials. When new players come in, they just get in trouble for dumb things. Really? And the, the veteran players do that to them. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's like uh, yeah, I think bad, every every baseball hazing, team does. But, yeah, you know, but they actually call them drumhead trials or kangaroo courts. So it was in my research. I did find that this was the final episode to have music composed by Ron Jones. And so Brandon on Melodic Tricks will appreciate this. So uh, Jones was fired, unfortunately, and then they went to Dennis McCarthy to say, hey, let's get you back and writing as our only music composer. Um, But McCarthy turned it down. He was pretty busy at the time. And so then that's when we get now Jay Chataway. And so he does the music after that. So yay for music. Yay for Jay. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't pay attention to the music. I'm sure Brandon's going to hate me for that one. But, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, two thumbs up on the music. <laughs> what, you got anything on that one, Patrick? Uh, no, I'm in the exact same boat. It's oh, music, okay. it's on the episode, and cool. It doesn't sound out of place, I guess. I mean, I don't really yeah. pay attention to the music either. I guess if it was like really weird, like if like Darth Vader music started playing, I'd notice, but it's, it's just not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about like the Death March music? Yeah, talking, yeah. You know, uh, like yeah. If, 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 if when Admiral Seti shows up, yeah. they just start playing <laughs> Darth Vader's music and she comes off the transporter. Oh my I goodness. guess I'd notice it then, but I. <laughs> sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I just don't listen to the music like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, that would be fun uh, to want to see that. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's somebody out there that can take you know that what? scene. I, I am and, so and, glad you said that, actually, because, <laughs> you know, her dresses. Uh, okay, so that, okay, now we're pulling it back to uh, her dresses. So, like, it's very. I, when I was watching, I thought it was a little bit more elegant for an admiral, right? Or at least you know we always see an admiral in a uniform. You know the, you know, re, uh, black on top or yeah, black shoulders and the red. Uh, or I'm sorry, the the burgundy chest and you know gold uh, gold trimming on it and. Why would an admiral, especially one, I mean, unless there's a different, uh, unless it's different from judge advocates or something like that, I mean, why would they wear something like that? I had the same thought and I was watching with my brothers and I'm like, what's going on? Everyone gives Troy a hard time, put her in a uniform. And then here comes Admiral Satie in her beautiful dresses. They're totally asymmetrical, which I dig completely awesome uniform and yeah so but that's beside the point she looks beautiful and elegant and still respectful but what they said which sort of now is what i believe it's like well she came out of retirement for this spot so i figured well she's sort of got the leeway she's the retired admiral just coming in for this one last stint type of thing so i can forgive her for a little bit of that for not being in standard issue uniform well but mccoy was pulled out of uh out of retirement and he was in his what deep v <laughs> or whatever whatever shirt he, and he found a uniform i don't know well he's old yeah. school that's tos that's true yeah. Welcome to the 24th century. <laughs> <laughs> but her her dresses and costumes were just beautiful, I thought. So Well, the, the reason why I brought it up was cuz it, it just like what Patrick was saying, it reminded me that Okay, so they're elegant, right? So it's like they're like she's set on top like yes. like an emperor or something like that. And uh, I I guess it could be the whole communism versus uh, uh, you know, democracy about, especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to criminal justice or any th- any kind of that. But I guess I mean maybe she was trying to be portrayed as a queen or something like that. Well, definitely. I mean, it can be looked as a power play. You know that it's like I'm above the law. You know because I get to wear this. Just another layer of yes, I'm above you. Yeah, she ain't above me. I'm taller than her. 
But before but, we move on, somebody out there, I'm sure, can dub over that scene and put Darth Vader's music in there. So that'd be cool if they throw it on Babel. I wouldn't doubt it if Brandon's <laughs> going to do it right as he hears this. I'm going to. All right. So when it posts, I'm going to give him an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's so, a challenge. <laughs> so, Brandon, if you're hearing this, and yes, I'm going to keep this on here, <laughs> I'm giving you an hour. <laughs> So at 0300 when it when it drops, yeah, 0300 when it drops, I expect to see it. <laughs> so anyway, so um, again, seen with Captain Picard's diplomacy and his wonderful, as we all know, he gives excellent speeches. So when he was called in. Oh, and that was fabulous. Admiral Satie sends in her, one of her advisors and she comes in to the bridge of all places and says, you are summoned, you know, just again, another uh, evidence of just like Admiral Satie and her power plays, you know, I'm going to send my underling to you and you will report, you know, I just loved it. So he gets in and, and he's like, well, I'd like to give an opening statement. She's like, no, that's not allowed. And then bam, uh, yeah, regulation, blah, 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 point, da, da, da. I do get to have what I get to say. And so I love what he says. He's like, you know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censored, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered by Judge Aaron Satie as wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. I fear that today. And then Admiral Satie just stands up. How dare you? And just that's when she loses it. You who consort with Romulans, which I didn't really understand, but invoke my father's name to support your traitorous arguments. It is an offense to everything I hold dear. And to hear those words used to subvert the United Federation of Planets. My father was a great man. I mean, you can just see it. I'm reliving it. His name stands for integrity and principle. You dirty his name when you speak it. I totally love that line. He loved the Federation, but you, Captain, corrupt it. You undermine our very way of life. I will expose you for what you are. I brought down bigger men than you, Picard. So what do you think about that? And then out walks the Admiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he just leaves. He didn't even say anything. It's like, no, this is this is not over, no, no, or you know, this is over, you know, or whatever. Maybe they cut that scene out. I don't know. No, I think it was. I think it's more powerful that he just walks out. Yeah. And he wants nothing to do with it at that point, because I like the scene. I actually like the fact that she calls Picard a um, Romulan collaborator. I'll learn how to speak, um, because it proves that what her intent was to prove. To show the world he was, the universe, he was, regardless of fact, regardless of evidence, she was going to make him out to be a collaborator one way or another. Yeah, so she was basically saying, you are guilty and I will find the proof later. Right, if I have yeah. to. Otherwise, I'll just convince everyone of the proof. Yeah. Like I was going to do with um, with the other, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tarsus? Yeah, Tar Simon Tarsus. Yeah, Simon Tarsus. Yeah, and you know what? That brings up a point. Like, she sort of hints that that her trials have, you know, she, what she says has become truth. So whether there's evidence or not, just the mere her talking about it sort of condemns them. And she sort of hints at that, that, yeah. Yeah, I I, I mean, this obviously, we, uh, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show. It's like, I... I mean, I like it. I really do. I mean, it's great. It's great drama. It's great TV. It really is, you know, and it's, it was a great ending to, um, what they were trying to do for the, for the, uh, for the show. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, uh, some people would take that <laughs> the wrong way, but you know, Forget them. Yeah, we, yeah. Forget those people. Uh, we'll just say that. Yeah, it's great. It was great. Uh, I I love the I love the whole entire drama. I really do. Really, it's it was it was a really good um, um, reaction to what he was trying to say, which was you know, and at the same time he was poking at her <laughs> and be like, hey, how far are you going to be able to go on this one, sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. he he goes toe to toe with her, definitely. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Lightsabers. Just give them lightsabers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now there's another challenge. Um, <laughs> no, but it, I, I again uh, I keep reiterating, but I like it because it's like um, I see. I didn't see it that way that people would see. Oh, this female admiral lost her cool because of one um, challenge, but it's a challenge. To her core values. I mean, she believes that she was following her father's footsteps to a T when in reality she was doing exactly the opposite of what he would want. He wouldn't want you to condemn a man over circumstantial evidence. He wouldn't want you to censor a person or, or um, you know, lock a guy up for no reason. He wanted what we believe is our system now, you know, the, that you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, but she, she made up her mind. That was it. Now I'm going to find the evidence or enough circumstantial evidence to convict you of it, or at least prove to everyone else that I did. You think would it, you, do you think it would be different if it was a male, uh, uh, Admiral? The scene I mean, obviously itself? would be, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, would the, would the drama have more of, uh, I guess more, uh, more of a, um, Impact. There you go. <laughs> Would the drama have more of an impact if it was a male uh, admiral versus a female? I I don't I don't think so. Not for me. I mean, you, you could basically run the same scene. Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree. I it think would, it, the, it, the, the screaming would just be less high pitched. Yeah. I mean. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. I guess it'd be more commanding and booming or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She's pretty yeah. commanding, but yeah, I just, I, I think, I don't know. We see a lot of father issues in Star Trek. And so I think it wouldn't really matter. You know, the clinical term is daddy. issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. And you're right. We do. We do see that a lot. And you know, I mean, Riker I know, gets all yeah. crazy when just the mere mention of his father's name, you know, so the, it, I don't think the sex of Admiral Satie matters because they're definitely as people are going to have their boiling points. Well, you know, Riker's dad's also a player, too. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, I'd be bad, too. <laughs> but, I'm glad you went that went there because you, you see a lot of. Yeah, you're right. You, you see a lot of these, you know, father issues. And I don't know about mother issues, really. I mean, you try, I guess I guess you try to see uh, the 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 nurturing bonds between like Wesley and and Beverly. Um, and I guess. Well, Troy and Loxana, uh, there's some issues there. Yeah, well, that's a, <laughs> that's a, a lot whole of other issue. <laughs> Everyone a, in Luxana yes. has issues there. That's a, a backflip cat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's definitely father issues on Star Trek. I mean, Worf and, you know, his quote unquote traitorous father and, you know, Riker's dad and uh, Picard has his issues with his father, not wanting him to go into Starfleet and... Yeah, there's run the farm. Yeah, there's yeah. father issues all over the place. It just seems like it's a very recurring even to the even TV today. <laughs> so fathers, do your but job. I do uh, do my yes, job. Yes, you do. Papa was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> so talking about the drumhead isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here is a preview that you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, the ready room. I bet the transporters were invented by Amazon as a way of delivering that, products to people. I was that totally going to say, it's like sense. Amazon groceries would be like, yeah, I don't have to be there, <laughs> but it can come like beam to my port. It's like, order, there it arrived, right there. You know, That's like, right. Like you've got a little Amazon dot next yeah. to the toilet and you just tap it and then toilet paper materializes <laughs> right there. Standard orbit. Every fan takes what they want, what works for them, what complements a story, a series, a show, a movie, and that can be in their heart, in their mind, the canon as in like, well, you know, I love it. It makes me feel good about those characters, the story, so, so I believe it. Or if you don't, for one reason or another, then you say, well, for me, I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen or it doesn't connect to the part of the universe that I like. To the journey! Wait, is, you're saying it's like matter and antimatter when they uh, interact, they yeah, like annihilate each other. Costume. So cost, costumes and non-costumes annihilate each other yes. in Voyager. <laughs> exactly. It's how the universe is going to ultimately be destroyed. 
due to the interaction of naked people and people wearing clothes. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all of these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcast on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's shows, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best places to join the larger conversation is in the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. We love interacting with our listeners there, so join the conversation. If you'd like to send us an email, we love those too. You can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. If you'd like to help keep all the shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It's requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all that details at patreon.com slash trekfm. So Patrick, it's been a great pleasure to have you on here. Uh, we absolutely love you. Uh, we would love hearing you on other shows. But besides those shows, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, I can be found hanging around the Babel conference. I don't always uh, comment, but I'm always reading through. If something piques my interest, I jump in. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at MagicDrop5. That's one word, and the five is a number not spelled out. Nice. Awesome. And Amy, where can everyone find you if they want to uh, discuss about uh, Admiral Satine? Well, uh, you can talk to me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place is to hang out on the Babel Conference. I also read through most everything and will comment every now and then. (laughs) And Richard, what about you? (laughs) Well, um, I am also on the Babel Conference, but unfortunately, I don't read all of it. (laughs) But like, no, I I generally do. But like, yeah, you guys can find me on Facebook and the Babel Conference. And I am also on Twitter. I am my handle is X Ransom, and right now I am currently going through um, Stargate, uh, the TV series, <laughs> not the movie. <laughs> but like, yeah, uh, definitely uh, a very interesting experience. <laughs> so, and I'll be tweeting about that soon. So, join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Great joy and gratitude. Today is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs>